Sports Talk Show. We are live. I am in studio. Jeremy Lachey here. Uh, Kwame Lasseter is LWB. She'll be calling in here pretty pretty soon. But yes, it is today's Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Busy Tuesday out here in the Valley. Not only that, just across the sports world as well. Yesterday, some big news. Uh, biggest news across the NBA world. And I don't want to jump off and start with it. I want to congratulate the great Greg Popovich, Mr. Coach Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. Congratulating him to his career, a thousand, one thousand, victory number one zero zero zero, victory number thousand for him. Congrats, all with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Not only that, for of course that we know, four championships, four NBA titles, uh, numerous conference titles, numerous uh, division titles as well. Still in the playoff hunt with this this season as well, and it's great to see this deal right before. All-Star Weekend before all that distraction come along. And I think it's a great deal for him to get it done, to get it accomplished um, before All-Star break. And he can have this time right before uh, the festivities take over this weekend in New York City where All-Star Weekend will be held at Madison Square Garden and also the Barclays Center. But uh, once again, congratulating Mr. Greg Popovich, who I think is the greatest NBA head coach in uh, this time and day, our society's modern day era um, of NBA, of the NBA world. Now, I wouldn't say overall coaching right now because I think it's a lot of coaches that you can also throw up in there, not only in the NBA, but definitely the NCAA with Coach K and Jim Beheim and Coach Calipari. Tons of coaches right now, but to do it at the professional level, to do it the best, you definitely got to tip your hat off to Mr. Greg Popovich. And one Big detail that I read across is some of the coaches, well, not coaches, but mostly, you know, you hear these general managers, basketball operations, the guys, the people who interact with the fans, the people who interact with the ticket sales and, you know, that head type management, they really don't back the way of Coach Popovich, his coaching skills, um, the way he coaches the San Antonio Spurs because – the way they deal with the way he deals with resting his players, more particularly his older players, his more established guys, for say uh, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, etc. I mean, his go-to guys. They, he actually gives them rest days, which I concur with because in the NBA you playing eighty-two ball games to begin with, plus the playoffs, which you know the Spurs are always in the playoffs. But along with that. You got days, you got games where you're playing back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And that's not really fair. I mean, think about the travel. that just some One one game, so say, San Antonio, you might have a home game. And the next game, you're in New York. And then the very next night, you might be playing L.A., either back home in San Antonio or out there in uh, California. That takes a lot of wear and tear on the body, especially when that form you, that, that new, I don't know what you call it, that new illness, uh, that AGE which I refer to as age, uh, catches up with you, per se, like a Tim Duncan, like an older team that San Antonio Spurs always present. 
And so, you know, a lot of these basketball operations, general manager, uh, quick guys in the NBA world, they don't really back up Popovich's stance. I mean, they're like, oh, yeah, the reason why he got to 1,000 in this new day and era is because he rests his players. And, I mean, they they like the way Popovich, you know, they, they concur, hey, that's a great deal for you to rest in your players. Maybe I should do that for myself as well. But, I mean, along with that, we're talking, what, these older guys who spending their, you know, who go check out the games, who want to go see these guys play, but you don't even get a chance to see them play. We have Kwame here joining, joining us in live today on Taco Tuesday. Kwame is calling in, and, yeah, he's with us now. Kwame, what's going on? Hey, hey, it's just me and you in here today. Uh, I was going congratulating, you know, Mr. Greg Popovich on his 1,000 win. And, you know, all with the Spurs. But, you know, so I got I heard a few talks, read a few stories, headlines. Greg Popovich's 1,000 wins come very, I think that's the third fastest. And it's pretty crazy with this day and era of how the NBA is played compared to what it was, you know, back in the 90s and time before now obviously and you know a lot of these uh executive general managers they really don't back up the way that greg popovich coaches and how he gets his wins by this whole terming of resting your you know your your elderly guys your go-to players your stars on your team and how he gives out the rest i mean first and foremost i think you know congratulate the guy on the wins but i mean he's formed his way of his own formula and it's working and a lot of, you know, these basketball operations, general managers, they're like, well, when we schedule the Spurs here at home, and you know they only come once or twice a year, Kwame, and you don't get a chance to see Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. So that loses out on your ticket sales as well. So that causes some problems. I think that's why there's a lot of teams in the NBA or the association or whatever they want to be this year. There are more teams bad than they are good. There are only a handful of superstars than there are stars, and, and we can argue about the stars. Superstars, mm-hmm. they are they are who we, who we uh, see night in and night out perform, who make their team better and go about the business the way they do. Um, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan. You got uh, stars right. that are content on a team that they're on to be great role players. And that's why we see the Spurs win and quietly do so. And, and most times, if you're not a Spurs fan or you're not a a, a Western Conference uh, follower, most times you wonder, oh, well, how they got the best record? And where have they been all year? We haven't heard about them. But they don't get any coverage. And how Papa Bishop go about his business, he takes care of his players. Mm-hmm. We've seen year in, year out where, depending on their, their schedule, well, he was telling stars, y'all not playing this. And the NBA would be mad about that because of the ticket sales that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to take care of your players. This is not about how many people. If I'm the coach, this is not about how many people come to my game or come to my away game. That benefits the away team. That benefits the NBA and television. This is about us being at the pinnacle of our game at the end of the year, at the end of the season, when we're playing for NBA championships. And that's what Popovich does well. And although he's a great coach, and although he's coached those players to post them to who they are and allow them to play within the scheme of his his offensive defense, right. 
but he has some good players over there, Tim Duncan. And the thousand wins he has, Tim Duncan been there for uh, 928 of those wins. So uh, one thing comes with the other, but he's still a great coach in the, in the, in the sense that he has to coach those guys or, or those guys poured into what he was, uh, his philosophy and how to go about business and winning basketball games. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, to the game of basketball, I agree with that. To the game of basketball, I agree with Popovich, you know, resting his guys. But at the same time, it's not fair to the NBA fan, you know, per se, or the media. And, you know, they're, they're buying these tickets. They want to go see Greg Popovich. You know, he, I mean, he loads his bench up. He loads the whole, the whole roster up, 1 through 12, with exceptional players who fit the system, which I concur, which that's great coaching. But the people who really fit the system is in that starting five who gets the team going, which you have your Hall of Famers and Ginobili, possibly future Hall of Famer, uh, definitely Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. Uh, then you want to see a young guy, Kawhi Leonard, who was, a, who was one of the best two-way players in the NBA. You get a chance to see that, you know, these guys play once or twice a year, and it's just – so I, I, I kind of concur with the uh, executives as well in the, in the uh, basketball operations. You know, they they want to get the ticket sales, and they're like, well, this isn't fair for, you know, Greg Popovich to do this type of deal. And now not only him, but a lot of other teams are backing that up as well in the NBA. Well, I, I'd say this to that. Basketball operations, people who have a job to do, who has to cater to the fans, like get, put them in those arenas, Right. they care about the fans. I honestly, nothing in my DNA right now mm-hmm. does not believe that the NBA, the NFL, uh, and I would say those two, I would say those mm-hmm. two big marketed franchises care about the fans. I think they <laughs> care more about the sponsors than they do the fans, and they allow or, or they employ it that if you your job is to get fans in the stadium, then you put them in the stadium. If you got a superstar on your team, and that's what you got, that's what you have. Mm-hmm. You built that guy to a superstar. There was nobody came into the league as a superstar, not a one person. You sure? You sure about superstar. that? They built their career towards that, and, uh-huh. and those are guys that go about their business a certain way and doing the right things and and understanding the game and knowing more about the game or finding out something they didn't know to make mm-hmm. themselves better. That is a that is helping the NBA, not the fans. It would be great to go see. You know, I would be upset as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I went to go watch the San Antonio Spurs play the Miami Heat. And Dwayne Wade and LeBron James at the time. Mm-hmm. And Tony uh, Parker and Ginobili. Tim Duncan was not playing. I feel like I didn't get my money's worth. Yeah, but I'll be pissed. As a coach, I feel like, well, we're playing for a bigger than this. Right. You know, have a, and Popovich did it in a way where it makes sense. He just didn't bench his player to bench it. Because he did say something about this is benefiting the NBA in so many words. If you're going to have me on a back-to-back schedule, then go across the country on another one. Right. Well, right. I got to rest my players. I have an older team. I agree. I know how to take care of my team. So find me. I you're agree. Not gonna find my players. It's not the players. The players want to play, and you will agree that all players want to play. It's it's what's best for the team at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and where we sit as far as playoffs are concerned. As far as winning championships are concerned, to yeah. my initial comment, I don't think they really care about the fans. People who are supposed to care about fans—that's their job. Mm-hmm. I think the NBA, the big franchise, the big organization—they care about sponsors. How I keep this going? 
how do I keep uh, TV money going, paying these players? I, I, I just hope fans don't think them buying tickets pay the salary of a, of a right, 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 right. And yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And only the only deal that the fans present is if we can keep this franchise, particularly in this city, if we can keep sponsors, you know, in this Bingo. city. If we can keep this a part of this, I I definitely agree with that point. And it's kind of hard to mix and match. I mean, you know, San Antonio, I can't imagine their basketball operations. I mean, I, I, he's pretty happy. You keep winning championships, that's the way we're going to take it. That's the way we're going to roll on. But if you get a team, per se, uh, like the Lakers now, you got Kobe Bryant. You know, it's hard to sell tickets to just saying, hey, come watch the Lakers play without Kobe Bryant. That's that's pretty hard to sell to your sponsors anymore. People want. I think. Go ahead. I think management messes that up. Mm-hmm. I think if you um, if you really want to sell tickets, if you want to really want to do that without Kobe, then you should have great management. Because sometimes, just out of pure respect and pure, pure loyal loyalty to a team, then regardless of what management is doing, regardless of who you have on your team, the management is going to make sure. That everybody, every time you come into my arena, you come into an event, you're going to have a great time. You're going to have something to walk away and remember uh, that night or that day you came into the Staples Center and watched the Lakers play without a Kobe Bryant. It's going to be an event. And I think, and I believe that you hire people to do that. That's marketing. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't right, have Kobe. Right. But hey, let's go watch the Lakers play. Uh, Kobe's going to be there. He's not going to play. Mm-hmm. But then we just had a great event. This was awesome. We, we came here. Uh, we did see a game. Our team didn't win because we don't have our stars or whatever, what have you, superstars. But we watched Kobe play. We watched the Lakers play, and we had a great event. Mm-hmm. So that, I think management and marketing uh, need to take care of that. And I think management marketing, I mean, with all of this, I think marketing is definitely the key term to to anything, trying to sell whether it's, you know, the NFL or the NBA, you have a superstar, you don't have a super, you have a team with a great coach like the Spurs, it's all about marketing to begin with. And at the same time, I mean, you get you get Greg Popovich and, you know, he's saying pretty much, you know, just just sell just sell sell us as champions. Sell us as a great winning tradition. And I'm thinking about, and you know, a lot of teams are really, you know, the the Cavs started to pull LeBron out of games, and the Knicks, and you know, Carmelo Anthony is flirting with just, you know, packing it in for the season. A lot of rumors are going around with him, you know, saying, right. you know, he's pretty much going to pack it in. I don't think that's fair, but I understand as a player, you know, you playing for the playoffs, you're a superstar, you know, you're trying, you're the guy who has to get us there. But if that team is not uh, gelling together well, you. I mean, you might as well just you know pack it in. I agree with that as a player standpoint, but it's tough to see you know younger kids who want you know get that dream chance to go see your favorite player play or one of the best players play at the time. Is this going to hurt per se the NFL, the NBA? Say if you go see a Lions game and Calvin Johnson is not playing, you know, good and well, you know, you don't want to see Reggie Bush all game, but you know he he only can do so much. You'd rather go see Megatron come once a year and. You know, uh, you want to see him play to his best potential. And, you know, you hope to see him play the whole game. And But where do you see this, you know, I'm getting off track a little bit. Where do you see the NBA and the NFL headed in this direction with guys resting their superstars? We have about a couple minutes till break. 
I, I see it all. It's all business. I see it heading to more of a fan staying home, spending their money at home, watching instead of buying Super Bowl tickets. I mean, so once you bought a Super Bowl ticket, you, you don't really have to go. But we know, we know good and well. There's some people that say that want to say one day I went to every Super Bowl from the time I started going to the first Super Bowl. There are people that want to do that, so they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. But I'm gonna spend. I sold my Super Bowl tickets, if I, if, and and what I got for those, you know what you do, you buy. If you don't have one already, you go buy a big screen, mm-hmm. buy some food, and you still have money for the Super Bowl for the cost of those Super Bowl tickets. You still have that money mm-hmm. uh, to enjoy in the comfort of your home and not be in traffic, not risking getting DUIs. Although there's different ways you can get to and to from uh, an event, okay, but just yeah. being in the comfort of your home around people that watch the game and know what they're looking at. I see. I don't see a lot of ticket sales going up unless they do something different to what they're doing in these arenas. One deal that I I definitely agree with all the points that you made, especially uh, like you said, chance for the fan to get a DUI. You know that costs way more than just a uh, Super Bowl ticket or going to go see LeBron way James much more. play for forty eight minutes, if that. But I do agree with that. And the next deal that I'm thinking about, well, why not just? And I think I think you can market it even better. Cut the NBA season down. That's what the players want. You'll get more games consistently uh, on a percentage-wise instead of the Spurs playing, you know, their top players, Tim Duncan, playing about uh, 60%, 65% of the games. You'll at least see them play about 80% of the games. You cut the season down. Yeah, that, would be, that would be awesome. You can market that. Games. You can still market that. Send it down, send it down to 62 games. Uh, and now if I had this conversation with baseball, I made baseball seven innings. But then you got to restructure contracts. You got to restructure deals, or or I'm paying you for this much. Yeah. Money, not. You, then mm-hmm. there's no reason for a guy to sit out because of how the schedule has been shortened by 20 games, 20 regular season games, or two innings in baseball, or back to 14 games in football. Mm-hmm. You got football games over on uh, Thursdays. You got football games on mm-hmm. Sunday and Sunday nights. You got football games uh, during the playoffs on Saturdays. I mean, this. It's all about money. No one can see that. And when you can't see that, the comments I make about it sound like I'm crazy. It sound like I'm talking stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you know it's not about players. They have a draft in every sport every year. So I'm just going to replace you. I'm going to hope I can get an, uh, a Kawhi Leonard in the draft. I can hope I can get somebody in the first round, 15 pick, who's playing lights out. I'm going to hope I can get a bunch of those guys, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers get, the, the New England Patriots get late rounds and turn into stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, after the break, coming up, more NBA talk, uh, also some NCAA basketball news, and, you know, some NFL uh, news as well. A lot of free agents, uh, draft coming up. We'll be back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll listen to, you're listening to the Kwame Laster Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports hey welcome back welcome back welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter sports talk show we are live Demi Lachey here in studio Kwame Lasseter was just on the lines with us and he'll be calling back again pretty shortly here he had to drop off and getting together with those guys that he's still doing over there at the XO uh, facility, training training these young gentlemen, young guys getting ready for the NFL. And, you know, he's been doing it for about a month now. So these guys are really learning a lot. 888-346-9144. You can call in at any time. Please come and join the show. Coming back before before we took the break, we were talking about, you know, c- congratulating, definitely congratulating Greg Popovich, nothing taken away from that, and his 1,000 career win, and just seeing the aspects of, you know, the NBA, NFL world of, you know, where is it headed to with guys shutting it down or either, you know, calling, uh, resting a few games here or there, and how it affects the fans and it affects, you know, the love of the game and the love and the fans aspects of it and it's hard for you know people in basketball operations your general managers to sell and market when you know it's kind of hard to market LeBron James coming to town and you know he's not playing it's pretty hard to market that but at the same time you got to respect that guy he's been playing you know you play about four games a week and you know over a period of time I mean some of those games are back to back to back so you need that rest plus plane travel you know you don't get the same rest that you do as you know laying in the bed at night after you know, beautiful, lovely home, you don't get that same access when you're traveling, playing to playing hotel to hotel. I mean, so I applaud Craig, Greg Popovich, how he started off, you know, resting these guys and how the whole rest aspect has, you know, really been working. That formula actually works. You win championships resting your players and building up your team. The other guys who really don't play much, who don't start much, you get to build their confidence, build their role playing and, you know, so then when they, you get those top players back playing with these role player guys, I mean, they don't have nothing to hold back now. You've seen them play, and they have the confidence built up. They, the coaches know their weaknesses and the strings to when the lights are really on. So, you know, the formula really works. And it's just tough that, you know, Greg Popovich has to hear, you know, ignorant things from, like, basketball operations and general managers from other, you know, leagues and teams. I mean, sorry that we can't always help you out, but 
you know, it's it's a full season. More NBA talk. The Atlanta Hawks are really rolling this season. And, you know, we really haven't said much about – well, we really haven't mentioned many things about the NBA period this uh, lately, but, you know, more – it's starting to pick up now, and that's and this is the and it's the reason why we haven't really been talking about the NBA because you know we really don't pick up the NBA until All Star Weekend and after those twenty games after All Star break because really you know halfway through the season was about two weeks ago, uh, and now it's starting to set up for that playoff spot. So after All Star Weekend hits, this is when basketball really starts to be picked up and played, and the teams that. You know, really aren't going to make the playoffs, and per se, like the Knicks and this season, I should say the Knicks, maybe the the Hornets and guys on the bottom half team like the Timberwolves. You know, they really start to take away their time from their star players because you know they don't want uh, quote unquote. I hope nothing ever happens, but injury that injury bug to go through and start up something silly when you're not even playing for you know a playoff position to where you want to go. It does give you time to build your team. Um, to see, you know, what players you can keep on the roster, what players, you know, are really just ready to move on and try their talents elsewhere. And Atlanta, and going back to Atlanta Hawks, I mean, they've been through this year after year after year. When I was back in Indiana, I all I did was watch Eastern Conference games. They was on 24 hours a day. I mean, that's all you ever watch, you know, compared to now on the West Coast. I watch a lot of, you know, Western Conference games, of course. And, you know, watching Atlanta growing up, they really didn't have that stacked uh, playoff team, that superstar uh, athlete on their team, and that big superstar name. So you know, a lot, watching Atlanta was just like, oh, okay, this is just this is just another game, you know, for uh, you know the NBA to present. And like I said before, you know, they really didn't have a superstar. I don't think since Steve Smith in the 90s, uh, him and Reggie used to go at it, but I really wouldn't even consider him as a superstar. He was a star, all-star player. He was a star on the court for this team, but I wouldn't really consider him a superstar per se like a Reggie, like a Michael Jordan. He really, Steve Smith didn't really have the commercials of like a Grant Hill or the shoe deal, but he was a terrific, tremendous player. And I think that was their last potential superstar star player at that time before uh, the last one before that, I think, was Dominique Wilkins, which we all know how his career went through in the 80s and, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, the great career that Dominique had. But this new bound grown Atlanta Hawk team is tremendous. And they are rolling this season. They showed flashes of it last season, even though they were Al Horford was out, and you know I really didn't have playoff potential thoughts about the Atlanta Hawks, especially last season. But they have been building something pretty, pretty great, pretty tremendous. And it started with the addition of Paul Millsap, Kyle Korver through free agency, and you know the drafting. And, you know, signing, re-signing Al Horford to a big deal, drafting of a Jeff Teague and having him develop and not bring in a free agent guard to come in and knock his development, you know, the same way as I say the, the Clippers deal with uh, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe was drafted to the Clippers and, you know, they bring in Chris Paul at the same time. And, you know, and Chris Paul was still in his prime, which he is now. And, you know, Eric Bledsoe was getting better and better year after year. So I'm glad Eric Bledsoe has gotten the time in Phoenix now for him to develop that Suns organization and his own game in itself. I mean, he's playing. He's a top-ten point guard in my eyes. 
he's playing lights out this season and when he's not injured. But going back with Atlanta, I mean, they used the whole process of, you know, kind of same technique the Spurs use. And I think their head coach is the old Spurs coach. So he's been in the Popovich formula. He knows, you know, uh, how to win ball games from building a team aspect, having players grow in the system, in the city, having them grow together. And right now, like I said before, I mean, this team is they're incredible. They're a great team to watch. I mean, even when they're either up or down in games, you see them play with the same intensity night after night after night. And it's hard to bring that night after night, especially with a team like Atlanta, not a big franchise like a like a Lakers in the NBA world or now the San Antonio Spurs or even anywhere LeBron goes. It's hard to do that with a team time after time after time. And Atlanta's doing it now. And they're playing at a high, high, incredible level. And they're up there with the Golden State Warriors, and the Warriors are doing it as well. And it's great to see that team, you know, do so. So presenting that, I mean, you get the Hawks. And like I said before, Kyle Corver has been playing tremendous, and he's not even a superstar of the tandem. Al Horford is a big name. You get three all-stars out of just this one season with Jeff Teague, Horford, and Paul Millsap. Which Millsap was, I think it was all star since his Utah days. And, you know, I just want to praise this team a lot right now because, you know, they're playing exceptionally well. And now the thought of it is, are they ready to make that run? Are they really the the real deal? Because now the season starts. Yeah, all the wins, you know, the front runners, yeah, you you're winning now. You're getting guys into the all star games and, you know, a lot of guys getting recognition now. But this is when the NBA season starts. A lot of NFL fans starting to transition to the NBA world now. And I think it starts definitely this week, especially with this weekend. And then, like I said, after the All-Star break, you got about 20, less than 30 games played by each each team. I mean, less than 30 ball games left in the regular season to get to the playoffs, to get to see who's going to make that championship run, and to you know, place your seating in the playoffs. So that brings the whole deal is – you know, is the Atlanta Hawks, are they really ready to be considered an NBA championship team? They are the best team with the best record in the NBA thus far this season. Yes, Cleveland is coming. The Chicago Bulls are, you know, they're going to make that playoff run. Jimmy Butler's playing incredible. Derrick Rose is just going to get better and better and playing more time and getting away from that whole injury bug. Athens, I think his mind is starting to get back to where it was at before. And Pau Gasol is playing incredible as well. For the Bulls. So the Bulls are coming. You can't sleep on the Toronto Raptors, who have, have at one point this NBA season was the best team, not only in the NBA, but the Eastern Conference as well. Washington Wizards, John Wall is playing incredibly well. Then you got a young group in the Milwaukee Bucks who are playing pretty good, great basketball in quite some time as well. And Atlanta knows about being in the bottom half, the bottom teams to make the playoff runs, to make that last seven or eight seed because they've been there before, especially last, just last season. They gave Indiana a run after money in the first round of the playoffs. And I remember last season, you know, being in Indiana, I was, you know, really structured on seeing why is the land even in the playoffs. I was knocking them. They had a losing record. I don't. I definitely don't support, you know, teams with losing records in the NBA playoffs, but they proved to me, like, okay, they do belong in the Eastern Conference. They are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference going against the Pacers, and you saw that kind of team developing with so many shooters, their bench. These guys are having fun. The development of, like, a Damari Carroll, who's been playing lights out as well. 
um, not only offensively but defensively as well. Mike Scott, big-time uh, jump shooter off the bench for Atlanta Hawks. I mean, these guys are starting to turn their names into household names almost. I didn't know who these guys were two years ago. But it's great to see these guys develop, you know, and you got like them seeing them play against a team last season in the Indiana Pacers who were the front runner team and who had the biggest dive I've ever seen uh, in the NBA world. You know, they came out having the best run, kind of like the Atlanta Hawks are doing now. You know, Indiana couldn't be beat over a couple of months uh, due to the play of Paul George and, and you know Roy Hibbert, then both of those guys, you know, they had their issues, their rumors. Lance Stevenson didn't, you know, shoot the ball enough. You know, these things kind of come to play when you get a younger team and an experience of who's used to winning. And you know, it's easy to be a front runner. I can tell you that now. I ran into a lot of front runners in the day of my life, where you know you're getting used to winning and you can't really control it. Can you really handle the mindset of game at the game night after night? keeping that up even if you take two losses in a row can you bounce back and win three in a row that's what it takes to be considered a strong playoff team you look at heck any team out of the eight who make the playoffs in the west from san antonio on down to okc to portland i mean these guys Golden state warriors you these guys will win four games five games in a row and will take about two losses, but they can bounce back and win five games. That's how you see, okay, they're ready for the playoffs. Because the playoffs, it's the best of seven. And if you can't handle maybe taking a loss or two losses and you can't bounce back from that, you're going to be in trouble. And we've seen that with the Pacers. Yeah, a lot of the games, you know, their talent outprevailed a lot of teams, especially in the playoffs, especially this young Atlanta team. And, yeah, I know, I just don't want to see that happening all over again. Seeing a number one seed all this praise behind Atlanta Hawks and the NBA world is really taking this team by storm and, you know, really watching this team develop and come together and really cheering for these guys. I know I'm I'm backing them up. I want to see these guys have some type of success in the playoffs. I just don't want to see them be front runners. Then in the NBA, after the NBA break, you know, these guys let us down. They go from flirting, you know, having the top seed and then, you know, because Cleveland, Cleveland's a great team. They're, you know, they're putting their things together. They have their deal, like we talked about yesterday with Kevin Love. You know, is he fitting in or fitting out? LeBron James calling him out. You know, LeBron James starting to gain that hunger for the playoffs, which, you know, that's the scariest eye you want to see in the NBA as an NBA competitor, seeing LeBron James really focus in now. And, you know, Cleveland's coming. Kyrie Irving's playing exceptional as well. So, I understand that team is going to get better, but I want to see the Hawks, see if they can keep this glued together. Can they handle the pressure of the number one seed? And are they really ready to eye the NBA championship, that title run? Can they consider themselves up there now with, uh, you know, the Spurs and uh, the Golden State Warriors? Are they ready to handle that success? And I believe so. And I think the biggest difference between – you know, like I compared them with the Indiana Pacers last year in the Eastern Conference and comparing and what the Atlanta Hawks now this season are. Are they ready? And I think they are because of the experienced players that they have at their superstar positions or who's getting the, you know, the more credit than credit is due upon the other players that are really, you know, doing the dirty work. And, you know, their front-runner players, you know, are, you know, your Al Horford who has – tremendous experience he's been to the playoffs year after year before in his career won a national championship at Florida so he's used to winning he can handle championship 
teams. He won back-to-back championships at Florida. So he's, you know, he can handle the pressure. He can handle winning and winning with success and handling all that. And then you get guys like a Paul Millsap. I mean, he's been in the league for almost about eight years now. So he can handle that as well. Jeff Teague, he's been in the league quite some time. Really, he got his playoffs experience last year. Kyle Korver bouncing around the NBA so much. He made a deep run, you know, with, during his days in Chicago with the Bulls. So they have guys who actually been there before compared to the Pacers last year. With Paul George, he was, you know, they had they made it to the playoffs, but they were a young group. These, that, that team was super young last year. Rather as, you know, you look at Kyle Korver, he's been in the NBA for, for a decade now. And same deal with, you know, Al Horford. He's getting up there. Paul Millsap, Damari Carroll, he's gaining more and more time. I mean, you got, you know, guys on the bench and you got an experienced coach who's won NBA championships along with Greg Popovich. So they can handle that. Whereas, you know, Frank Vogel, he really just stepped into a job. And Roy Hibbert, they were still developing. Lance Stevenson was young. He was just trying to prove his point that he could play in the NBA. But, they didn't have that mindset of, okay, now it's time for the playoffs. Now it's time to turn into this, everybody, just, let's just focus on winning and winning now. And, you know, controlling, consistent, being consistent and having to deal, you know, with not – can handle, you know, a few losses, especially at the end of the regular NBA season going into the playoffs. You want to get comfortable. You want to make that run. And I hope – you know, I'm pulling for the, all the success for, you know, the Atlanta Hawks. We have really been downplaying them, but they have been playing exceptional this season. We're going to take a quick break, and coming up after the break is going to be our last segment. You know, we're going to finish up more some more NBA talk, especially with NBA All-Star Weekend hitting uh, the city of the Big Apple, hitting the city of New York City, and also, you know, so NFL talk, a lot of free agency talk. So you listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are in our last segment live on this beautiful Tuesday out here in the Valley. Taco Tuesday at that. Demi Lachey is here in studio. We had Kwame Lasseter here in the lines earlier. Dougie B was supposed to call in on the show, but uh, I know he got caught up in some some uh, some family stuff as well. So we're off tomorrow, by the way. Uh, we're not going to be here in studio. Wednesday's our day off, but we will be back Thursday. Uh, day right before, you know, All-Star Weekend kicks off. You know, Friday night, that first Friday night is the whole celebrity basketball game. Uh, three-time celebrity basketball MVP Kevin Hart will be playing once again. And along with a whole lot of group of uh, A-list, B-list celebrities as well. One celebrity that was now she's a celebrity. And, you know, she had a very great, probably one of the best summers you can ever ask for, especially as a kid who's into sports and who enjoys not only just the one sport that she demonstrated to us, to the world, but I mean, just breaking through, having your name out there now. I mean, you can you can't ask for any more. And who can ha- really handle it? Uh, the pressure at a young age was Miss Monet Davis. She'll be playing in the celebrity basketball game as well on Friday. That will be held at, uh, at I believe at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, the game, the celebrity game, will be at Madison Square Garden. But yes, Miss Monet Davis will be taking partake activity in that game as well, and she also. Throwing out autographs nowadays, you know. First it was from throwing pitches. Now she's throwing out autographs. Autographs. Not only to your typical, you know, nine to five Happy Joe fans, but to celebrities as well. To a lot of guys, uh, NFL players, NBA guys, uh, a lot of women, women's sports coaches as well. Love to sit down and talk with her. You know, it's been sh- a lot of headlines have been coming in day in and day out about you know people getting a chance to meet up with Monet Davis. And I think that's incredible to see, you know, guys who, you know, she's been looking up to and giving praise to and seeing guys behind the scenes and having a chance to meet with them. I mean, I think you can't ask for much as a kid. I know growing up as a kid, you know, I wanted to meet certain celebrities and I didn't get that chance till you know, I got older and found out, well, you know, these guys aren't really, you know, celebrities. They're just, you know, uh, they just have a more stature name to the society that we live in. And, you know, I think just think that's still an incredible aspect. I mean, last night she signed autograph for uh, lead NBA MVP candidate Stephen Curry, and you know that's one of her favorite players. She even stated back when she, and she was doing the World Series, uh, the Little League World Series in the summertime. And I think this is just incredible. It's just it's a, probably a dream come true for Miss Monet Davis, and. You know, I'm I'm looking out for great things for her, but yeah, it starts Friday with her presenting and hopefully, you know, getting to see her compete uh, with her playing her favorite sport. She says not just baseball, but basketball, the game of basketball. So it'd be my first chance to actually see her play live. I know some like YouTube videos going around for her playing, you know, her AU tournaments now in basketball, but you know, you get the chance to really see her play now, see her play in front of a big crowd and. You know, the big name that she has presented and now, you know, she gets to market herself and she starts at an early age. And, you know, she has a great mindset and I would just wish the best for her. But, yeah, that's going to be crazy to see, you know, how she came off from pitching the mound in the summertime and now playing in the uh, NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. So, you know, look out for that on Friday. Uh, Other news around the NBA, I mean, you know, guys are really, like I stated before in the last segment, it's it's almost that time of 
a year of making a playoff run. And now you get to see who's the big front runners and who can really handle the game. And a lot of these other guys, you know, they're ready to turn it down. They're ready to shut down the season. And a lot of people have been talking about Carmelo Anthony for the New York Knicks, who has the NBA worst uh, overall record at 10-42. and 42. They're not going to make the playoffs. They don't have a shot in a day of life. Sorry, not this season. And But, you know, you look at the aspect of Carmelo Anthony. What do you What do you do? What do you think? What should happen? Should he shut it down? Should he keep playing, you know, to keep the fans in the stands? And, you know, a lot of uh, issues have been going around, especially around that New York's uh, organization, especially with the, uh, the president, the owner, and um, Mr. Dolan, you know, knocking fans, telling them, oh, they might as well just start chanting for Brooklyn, you know, just stop – cheering on for the Knicks. If you're not going to be a true Knicks fan, then go cheer for the Brooklyn Nets. Go cheer for that other team in New York. And, you know, he's coming at fans. And now fans are really starting to look at Dolan in and, and a whole other aspect. And so the whole the whole Knicks organization right now is under a lot of heat, under a lot of pressure. Uh, but, you know, Carmelo, he did, it, he did what he was supposed to do. He came back to the team. He, you know, giving them all, all he can right now. And even at the beginning of the season, when all those losing woes started to form, and you know he really he doesn't have the option to really you know hey I'm 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 about to leave town. Let me go win a championship. Let me go get with a championship competitive team some elsewhere because he signed a huge tremendous deal, you know, to put his his uh, his heart and his soul into the New York Knicks organization, and you know following up to see where they're going to take off, and that had a lot to do with Phil Jackson in the off season and. It's not looking that well. Uh, it hasn't turned out that well. Even the hiring with Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher is under a whole lot of pressure as well. Even though we knew this before the season had started, I mean, we could have predicted that you know Derek Fisher really wasn't going to be that successful. Um, coming into the Knicks organization with the way the roster was presented, then you have Phil Jackson trying to bring in the triangle concept. That really, you know, it really was going to slow them down, and they have hit rock bottom now. And I think it's that time, you know, it's, it's really that time where Carmelo should shut it down. And I know a lot of you NBA f- fans who are listening, who are big Carmelo Anthony fans, saying, oh, you know, we want to see him play. He he still gets to travel to our town, you know, this one good time. And um, depending on the games, you know, if, you know, with him lined up against the Cavs in the second half of the season, and, and yeah, definitely. I would, if I was Carmelo, I think he will want to play as well. You know, to go up against one-on-one with LeBron and, you know, get a chance to play in L.A. And, you know, he gets to run in with the Nuggets, you know, where he started off at. And, you know, certain games I would play. But, you know, a lot of people are really, you know, debating. Do you, if you're Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, do you shut it down? There's too many issues going on right now. And Carmelo is not anywhere part of any, close to any issues. He did what the fans wanted him to do. He did what the New York Knicks organization wanted him to do, and that's just to sign back. And they sold him a dream that they have not lived up to their part to. Carmelo did what you wanted him to do. He stayed in New York. He, you know, with LeBron James staying in the Eastern Conference, he keeping the superstar name, in, you know, in the East. He's going to be participating in an NBA All-Star weekend, playing an NBA All-Star game. He's going to be coaching one of the NBA All-Star, uh, I think the rookie sophomore game. He's one of the coaches. Or honorary coaches, and you know, you just don't want to see a guy like that. You know, uh, you know, have day to day injuries. You know, he's sore 
from you know night after night, and uh, he had a, a this little knee uh, nagging injury that stayed him day to day right now. And I think you shut it down as soon as All Star Weekend, you know, was ended. Just the last twenty some games, Melo, you know, just shut it down. The organization, y'all should definitely understand. Phil Jackson, you should understand. You don't want to put that at risk. Don't want that knee to swell up and get any worse than what it is now. And with him, you know, he stated on his Twitter account, you know, he wanted to go to Orlando and play that game Tuesday. You know, as long as he's feeling great on that day, then, you know, he's, he still wants to play. But, you know, my eyes, I, you should shut it down. After Sunday, whenever it was the All-Star game, Sunday on the 15th, you know, he's saying, you know, if he kind of doesn't feel anything come Tuesday when they play uh, Orlando, actually tonight, I'm sorry, when they play Orlando tonight, if he doesn't feel anything that he's saying, you know, he wants to play. And, and before All-Star break, of course, he's going to participate with that, but, you know, he's not going to play that much because they, that's usually when a lot of the younger guys, first time All-Stars, they get to play you know, show their skill in front of the uh, NBA world. But, you know, I think after tonight's game, all-star game, you shut it down for Carmelo. Not only him, but if you look at the other teams uh, with superstar names, uh, with with not making a playoff potential, um, Sacramento, they're going through pretty uh, – dealing with another crisis and other issues as well with, you know, the likes of DeMarcus Cousins, who's been playing exceptional and incredible – probably for the last three, four years. And he's just now getting an all-star nod. I mean, it's hard. It's very hard to make the all-star team in the Western Conference, especially as a big man, as a center, and at the center position. But he's just been dominating the game since he's been playing. A lot of people, you know, knacking for his attitude and for all the technical fouls and, you know, not being so loyal. I mean, this guy has been pretty loyal for the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, with his contract, you know, coming up, you know, he he can, you know, opt, get the chance, you know, to opt out and go elsewhere. But he really wants to stay in Sacramento. He loves being the face. And I think Sacramento needs to, you know, really have his back on a lot of points. The whole issue with Sacramento came about when um, the rumors and the likes of George Carl is probably going to take over that head coaching position there that's been opened up, who – Marcus Cousins had a good relationship with with the old coach, but now the hiring of George Carl, you know, is really nagging Mr. DeMarcus Cousins. And he has, you know, he came out to the media and said, you know, he really doesn't, you know, like the aspect of George Carl coming in. And with him signing, with them looking at a four-year, five, four to five million dollar deal for George Carl, you know, uh DeMarcus Cousins saying he's seeing his his you know, the game, his name his touches are very numbered now. And so, you know, that would be a big piece to lose because I think he could change the Sacramento Kings and where they're at now. He could definitely do it with some help. You know, they tried to bring in help with, uh, uh, you know, with Rudy Gay, with big names like Rudy Gay, Darren Collison. Uh, you know, they tried to load their roster up in the drafting with Ben McLemore and also drafting this season uh, Nick Stauskas out of Michigan. You know, they try to give him some shooters around him, but, you know, if he's not comfortable with the coaching, you got to, like, look at him. You got to ask him, you know, he's the franchise player, and I think you got to keep a guy like him around. You know, you ask him, like, you know, what what do you see as Coach Carl coming in? And if he's not happy with it, then you got to reconsider or, 
or either, you know, have George Carl or whoever you look to hire, have them sit down with DeMarcus Cousins one-on-one, figure out what that what they can do better because he's 24 years old. He has plenty of NBA. He has a whole decade of NBA ahead of him. He's 6'11", 270 pounds. Make this guy happy. I mean, with this guy not really happy in them, him wanting to go elsewhere, especially in the day and era it is now in the NBA world. I mean, guys, superstars or, you know, potential superstars or star players, they're ready to bounce around any, any day of the week. A lot of Dwight Howard, you know, at his potential when he was 23, 24 years old, 22 years old. Uh, you know, they seen his superstardom start then in Orlando, but look at him now. He bounced around since, you know, went to uh, L.A. and now Houston. And, you know, same deal. A lot a lot of centers get bounced around in the league uh, after, you know, that that age where you really start to dominate the game, where you figure out where you're really in your in your zone. And DeMarcus Cousins is in that era right now for his game. This he's ready to take off in a superstar level of play. He's 24 years old, 6'11", 270. You got to make that guy happy in Sacramento. And, you know, he doesn't have anything against the fans, the city, that he loves his playing in Sacramento. He loves putting on the Kings uniform, loves being the face of the franchise. But if you don't make this guy happy, I mean, he's just going to walk, and you're not going to get nothing from it, a la Orlando Magic with Dwight Howard. And, he, heck, even the Lakers now. Lakers don't have anything from it with him leaving L.A. as well. So you got to find a way to make this guy happy. He wants to stay in Sacramento. Just, you know, George Carl, I would have a sit down with George Carl and having him maybe the GM. Everyone wants to sit down, talk with DeMarcus Cousins, let them know, you know, you're not going anywhere. This still is going to be your team. You just got to find a way to win with the ball surrounding around DeMarcus Cousins, getting him touches because, I mean, statistically, I mean, this guy, he's on a rampage. I think his numbers are like 24 and 12, 23.9 and 12.4. That's incredible. At the, at the day and the age where you see the center position is that he's averaging almost two blocks a game, 1.7 blocks a game. Make this guy happy. We got a couple seconds left before the show. Like I said, tomorrow we'll, we will be out. Uh, we will be back Thursday. I'll be here Thursday live in studio. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. And, you know, we'll catch you all back Thursday. Listen to Demi Lachey, Kwame Lasser. You heard him earlier for tuning in on the show, for calling in as well. Thanks. Big ups to that. But, yeah, we will we will be back Thursday, and you will hear from us Thursday. You listen to the Kwame Lasser Sports Talk Show, and we're out. See you Thursday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.